You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us as always. Uh, I am your host, Amanda White. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined as always by my favorite co-hosts, Nick and Ryan, there at DC Nat Shack. You can find the show on Twitter at Half Street High Heat and the DMV Sports Network for whom we do this podcast at DMV underscore SN. Um, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and please do leave us reviews, interact with us on Twitter. We always appreciate hearing from you. How you guys doing? See, I was going to ha- take exception to the fact you said favorite, and then I realized you were on the DC Power Play podcast, too, which Right, and I can say favorite hosts. because that one's not right. happening right now, so they won't be offended because <laughs> we're in the office okay. and we're not doing right, well, it. So. I, I'll let it <laughs> slide this time. <laughs> Fair enough. I appreciate your uh, your understanding Hey, I'm I'm a very forgiving person. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, you want to get us started with our NL East weekend recap? Uh, no, Ryan's yeah. can- Ryan's canceled. He went to Applebee's this week. He's canceled. <gasps> yeah, the hell the you say? Who is goth? <laughs> hey man, wow. I had to mix it up. I also watched the soccer game today, and I've never watched soccer before. It's known <laughs> as it's known as soccer now worldwide because America won. But let's get down to business. And that was um, talking soccer. The <laughs> <laughs> so last week before the All-Star break is over, and the Marlins are 33-54. Thank you for listening to the update on the Marlins. And now it's time for everyone's reality. Oh, my favorite part. Oh, God. This is why I record Everyone's favorite reality TV show, Keeping Up With The Mets. Alarms go wild. Oh, good That's episode wrong. this week. Wait, we need our studio audience applause. <laughs> Everyone clap. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Mets were off on the 4th of July, but that doesn't mean there wasn't any drama with the Mets. They're minor. Oh, you should have said fireworks. God damn it. 
I just oh, pushed the hole. Oh, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> oh, man. Start over. <laughs> Let's re record that part and then not cut out this part so that people can hear all of it. That's the best. I'm rewinding. Rewind it. The Mets were off on July 4th, but that doesn't mean there weren't any fireworks. Their minor league affiliate, the St. Lucie Mets, had the post-game fireworks show. The fireworks show ended up causing an eight-acre brush fire. Even the minor league Mets are drama-filled. You just can't make this stuff up. At the MLB level, Mets GM BVW had a heated meeting with the coaches. Sources said he threw a chair at the wall, and Robinson Cano tried to swing and hit the chair, but he missed and struck out. He then dismissed Mickey Callaway to his press conference by saying, go to your effing conference now. The Mets are an absolute dumpster fire. I don't understand how people follow this team. Oh, wait, their new closer, Jerry Seinfeld, threw out the first pitch, and he was better than any reliever in the Mets' bullpen. The Mets are 40 and 49. I feel like there was one more missed opportunity in there, Ryan. We should have said they're an absolute brush fire, but that's okay. Oh, I just punched another hole in my wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> now we can talk Got about you. the third place Phillies. Let's do that. Yes, the team that used to always be in first place for these is now in third place. The Phillies are six games under 500 since June 1st. They have seven pitchers on the IL. Jake Arrieta really does not like Todd Frazier because Todd Frazier said, hey, I don't have a mortgage. Oh, sorry, that was Adam Eaton. Jake Arrieta wants to put a dent in Todd Frazier's skull. He promptly then is put on the IL with bone spurs and will need surgery, all but forcing the Phillies' hand of acquiring not one, but multiple pitchers at the deadline. The Mets help the Phillies' week become better because the Mets are a brush fire. Got it. Yeah. They will try to get healthy over the All-Star break. The Phillies are 46 and 43. The Nationals have the best record in baseball since May 24th, if you've been living on their rock. They took care of business with this 12-game stretch of terrible teams. They're beating the Royals right now one nothing. If you just look at it, hey, a win is a win is a win. But the Nats scooted by most of them, and they avoided bullpen meltdowns by being held, helped by terrible teams. The Nats will try to get things right and get going again as they've only averaged 3.4 runs per game over this 12-game stretch since no one is going to the All-Star game with the roster. In positive news, Nats Boris met to discuss her down contract extension. Sources say they are getting closer. The Nationals are 46 and 43 and somehow are sitting at the top of the wild card. The Braves continue to win and take care of business as they are the second-best team in the NL since June 1st. They are in the pitching market, and they are looking to make a big splash before the deadline. They do have the number two farm system in baseball, so depends how much they want to give up. They can get whoever they damn well please at the deadline. They are 53-37, and 37, and the second half for them in July is very, very easy. Um, they will continue to be in first place for a while. And that is the last week of the first half for the National League East. What Damn. a turnaround. Can't I mean, believe we're already at... a... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I yeah. can't believe we're already at the All-Star break. I know. It went so fast all of a sudden. It felt like it was dragging when they were losing constantly, but now that things are looking up, it feels like it's racing by. I know. The Nats are winning and everyone else is losing, which is weird because there's four teams in the NL that have a winning record since June 1st, and the Nats are one of them. So 
the Nats are actually taking advantage of a situation. So for that, I applaud them. So I don't Great really, job. I don't, I don't know what to do when they actually do what I say they need to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how to handle myself. An enigma. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like uh, we say they need to take advantage of these opportunities, and then they do it, and we're like, so what now? <laughs> well, say they need to win the World Series so that they'll do that. Yeah, I think um, we're still – you know, the bullpen is still a big problem. Um, we still don't have any – you still always feel nervous as soon as the bullpen gets the ball because you can't really rely on any of these guys. Even Doolittle has really struggled in a lot of his recent outings, and he's been kind of the rock in the bullpen up to this point. But, you know, they're six games back of Atlanta and, you know, half a game up on the Phillies right now. I think with the Phillies playing the way they are that the Nats may be able to solidify second place if, you know, they win today and then they can – They've got a hard stretch coming up for the rest of the month after the break, but if, if they can stay even, I, I don't think the Phillies are going to do much better than that. So catching Atlanta is still a tall order, but six games back at the All-Star break doesn't feel like impossible territory. It just feels improbable given their team struggles. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Just like, like we said, it's crazy to think they're even in playoff contention after how the first quarter of the season started. Never thought we'd be here. And so, again, it's like, no, what do we do now? <laughs> it's true. You kind of are like at a loss because what do you do now, right? They're in wild card. They're in a wild card spot. You know, I, I yeah. don't think it's, it's, it's outside. It's not even, a, it's not even too much to expect at this point that they might squeak into a wild card. If they can't win and win the division, which remains improbable, but the question is, do you just go all in and hope that you can squeak in as a wild card team and make a deep run, or do you, or do you do anything at the deadline to try to improve for the future? I think knowing the learners that they're going to go all in on the season since there's a possibility of the playoffs, they kind of have to. Buy at the yeah, deadline. and I, I wouldn't blame them entirely either because if you are in a wild card spot, I mean, obviously. You'll you'll take it if that's all you can get. I'm not saying that that is all they can get, but obviously you will take it. But whoever wins the wild card game is going to play the Dodgers, and that's not exactly the first round matchup I want. I mean, yeah. it's when you're going to face Kershaw, Walker Bueller, and <laughs> Ryu, who's probably the best, who's been the best pitcher in baseball <laughs> to this point, in the as the game, game three, three starter. <laughs> <laughs> like yes, we have Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, but I'm taking the Dodgers three over R three right now. Like, yes, I love Max, but he can't pitch three games in a row. So, no. I mean, if you've, if you've, let me back up. So, yes, the Nats have, are one of four teams, Ryan, you yeah. said that have a winning record since you, but the Braves are also one of them. So, it's not like the Braves are losing, like, as much ground as the Phillies have or anyone else has. Um so like the Braves are still being are still very competitive. So you have to really evaluate and see if you think you have a shot at catching the Braves, because there's being in the wild card spot in with the way the rest of the NL is playing right now. It's not that you necessarily have to go all in to win a wild card spot. You just can't lose it right now. So if we can just keep playing like we're playing, and then maybe solidify the bullpen, which we've been saying for five years now then maybe we are good enough, but I, it, it's, I, I would love them to make the, the splashy move and get like Shane Green, Will Smith, Alex Colomay, literally a whole new bullpen. 
But, I mean, I can also see a world where it just blows up in our face, too. Yeah, and, it, you know, you can see that they go all in and then it doesn't work out anyway and you're in the exact same position, but you, you bought instead. Even, even worse, because you've given yeah. up stuff. Yeah, it's true. But the learners, are if there's a shot, they're going to take it. I don't think yeah. they're, it's in their, their nature to, you know, eat, to sell when there's a possibility that they could get into the postseason. So I think we are going to see them buy at the deadline. The question is just how much and are they going to still try, even as buyers at the deadline, to stay below the luxury tax? Because if they are, then we're just talking about little tweaks. If they're willing right. to blow past it, then we could see something where they might actually, because the starting pitching has been mm-hmm. so great. I mean, if you could get an even, you know, Mediocre might not do it, but somewhere above mediocre, but not stellar, you could go really far with this team. But they've just yeah. got to do better in the bullpen. They, they might get into the playoffs with this bullpen, but they're not going anywhere once they get there. Exactly. You know, the and Dodgers kind of the point. They say if they they make the wild card and they win it, and then Max has a mill pitch like game three or four with this bullpen against the Dodgers. That is a very quick three game sweep. <laughs> like, yeah, the and Dodgers that, that, would have that, a field day of this bullpen. That's a great point by Ryan that I honestly didn't even think about is if we get a wild card spot, obviously Max is going to pitch that wild card game. So he's burnt until at least game three of the NLDS if we win the wild card game. So, I mean, you're, you're, Strasburg and Corbin are more than capable of carrying the load, but it's a lot to ask. Uh, and a, a lot they're not going to go to bed on the games necessarily. Right. And then once you get to the bullpen, it's just all bets are off. And, Right, yeah, exactly. it's interesting. And of course, you know, those are today's standings of who we'd be playing, but it's just so, so much baseball to be played between now and the end of the season. It, it felt so inevitable that the season was, was toast, you know, a month ago. And now it feels like, okay, I, we've seen teams make up a six game deficit in September in the past, you know, not mm-hmm. that I think that's going to happen against, against these Braves, because, unless, you know, some kind of injury situation occurred, but you know, it's just to say six games back from the division leader at the All-Star break just doesn't seem that overwhelming a deficit. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. And we, we've seen bigger leads fall and bigger leads be overcome before in l- much less time. Um, I think the biggest thing will be how we come out of the All-Star break because it's obviously we're playing well, but the all-star break is a break for all the teams, not just us. So right. I would expect more teams come out refreshed playing better baseball after the all-star break is over, which means tougher competition for us. And plus our and schedule gets tough again teams. here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Our schedule gets tough again here um, shortly. So, I mean, hopefully we come out even hotter than, uh, than we've been playing now and we can keep this up. Um, but I mean, it, we're going to learn a lot very quickly come out uh come the yeah, end of the all-star I break agree. and and they're very confident right now there's a lot to be said for a win streak like this where they're they're feeling good they're feeling loose they're they're relaxed nobody's freaking out and panicking and you know they feel like they can win which goes a long way toward winning yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we shall see but i i'm excited i'm always excited for the deadline because i love trade and that's just for all like MLB teams, not just the Nats. But I'm also very anxious <laughs> for the deadline because I just feel like the Nats are going to screw it up whether they buy or like small sell. 
Yeah, well, that's it's super interesting. We'll see what happens, but I, uh, yeah, I'm definitely the fact that we're having this conversation about the playoffs is way more fun than the conversations we were having earlier in the season, and that's just a, just it's fun right now to watch the Nats, and that's not yeah. nothing. You know, there's been so much, not just the Nats, but DC sports in general. There's been so much heartache and playoff, you know, playoff problems, and they get in, and then like the Caps will get in and then get knocked out constantly, and they underperform, and there's so much of that in in DC sports history, but. It's not nothing to have your team be competitive and fun to watch. So I appreciate that at least. Just enjoy the season, regardless of what the postseason might hold. Remember when every week all we would talk about was just how bad the bullpen was? Uh, good times. Yes. <laughs> it was literally we every single week. We can still do that. We can still do that. Yeah, I They've guess not we been could. that good. And actually, we're going to in the next segment. So let's get to it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, the good is the starting rotation. We just talked a little bit about it. Seventh best in baseball in war so they're they're definitely looking pretty good and I, i'm actually surprised it's seventh best i think the rotation is so good that i'm surprised it's not higher 15th is, in the era seventh yeah. in war and it's all because of the top three when you've had yeah. two question marks and four or five but still it's been pretty good uh, yeah obviously sanchez has been better we've talked about that in recent episodes but it war is weird because I, scherzer's number one Lance Lynn is number two, and Brandon Woodruff is number three. <laughs> like those are your yeah. starting pitcher war year or uh, war leaders, which is yeah, weird because I, I know <laughs> right uh, Lance Lynn. Like obviously he's having a good year, but it's not like Scherzer level. He, he I don't think he's an all star. Uh, Woodruff just got named uh, to the all star team, but that's uh, heavily reliant on his strikeout numbers. Uh, he strikes out, I, I think more than Max does. Uh, don't fact check me on that, but I know it's a lot. I think it's like 12.4 per nine. Um, so that obviously boosts his war numbers, but regardless, that's a long way to get to the point that, yeah, the rotation has been great. It is top heavy, but I mean, that's our strength and we're going to lean on it at points. We're going to have to lean on it. Uh, but I mean, it's nice to have one constant for the most part throughout. And uh, obviously, Max is on a godly run. So, great to see. Yes. Indeed. All right, the bad. The the defense, which has been better, but it really had nowhere to go but up. It was so bad early in the season. But it is negative um, 55 in defensive run saved, which is 25th in baseball. That's really bad. Yeah, and obviously the bullpen can uh, – deservedly so like gets a lot of the blame but like a pitcher has a tough time when he knows there's just awful defense behind him like there's not much confidence going out there when you know your defense is just bad and these are all major leaguers so like yes it's a higher level of competition but it should be a higher level of expectations when it comes to defense as well so, I mean, it, it, it's one of the really poor performances that's been a constant all season that we haven't been talked about just or haven't talked about just because of how bad the bullpen has been. But, I mean, there uh, there's been starts uh for our starting pitchers where it, it just goes to hell because of how bad our defense yeah, is. They've just been ruined by it's the bad, bad across defense. like every position. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not honestly like really impressive of positions. Yeah, it's not a couple of positions bringing everyone down. It's pretty much across the board. But go ahead, Ryan. You know what? I'd They're... love to see what the numbers look like since the this this run they've been on since May twenty fourth. 
what the defenses are. I know they haven't been perfect by any stretch, but I feel like they've been a lot better. Well, a lot better when you're playing the worst teams in baseball, but their outfield, like, combined DRS is last in baseball. Because <laughs> Juan that, Soto, Victor yeah. Robles are dead last for uh, defensive rankings, and Adam Eames, like, second to last in defensive rankings for right fielders. Yeah. What about Killing Michael A. Taylor it, yeah. in it, Brian? What about Michael A. Taylor? What was what was his well, the thing is, like, <laughs> statistically, yeah, he, he's actually, like, a top-five defensive center fielder. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, also a top-five defensive center fielder in uh, AAA as well. <laughs> yeah. well. That's good. That's good. Glad to hear it. Because I had somebody tweet me the other day and were like, he was the best center fielder on their team, or the best yeah, outfielder on their team. And I was like, well. I, I hope his numbers, uh, family but... was able to go watch him play in Fresno. <laughs> That's that was the funniest That's story. Rough. He had like 20 family members come and get sent down the day before. Oh, welcome, welcome that to wasn't funny. That was terrible. <laughs> That's I hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if they it, all win. It's, it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't wish ill will on him, but it's kind of funny. Well, all right. Let's talk about the ugly, which is the bullpen. Here's our opportunity we to already, talk We already did talk about again. Michael A. Taylor. But yeah. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Uh, team ERA <laughs> for the bullpen is 6.06. Went from worst in the live ball era to only worst since 1950. So moving on. I mean, up. that's what I call a marginal improvement. I mean, round of but applause. The National has... bullpen is lights out. <laughs> yeah, lights out. Um, the Nationals have been, and in this stretch where they've been so good, I feel like the bullpen has been better at times, but then there are some games where it just looks like it did in May. And yeah, you just remember, oh, it, yeah, that's what this guy, these guys if, were and still could be at a moment's notice. If they didn't get better against the Marlins, the Tigers, the Royals, the Marlins, and everyone else, I would have been extremely concerned about these guys who they claim to be professional pitchers. So, yeah, it's pretty good. They've been pitching better since May 24th, but, like, they really needed to because it doesn't get much worse than those teams. And I think a lot of it seems better or at least more tolerable just because we are winning. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you if you dive deeper into the numbers, one, it could you couldn't really pitch much much worse than how we started, and two, it's just like swept under the rug a little bit just because we're we're still winning, and that's yeah. the bottom line. It's true. Winning cures a whole lot of things. I'm you know. They have looked better in the past month. I'm really curious once this schedule gets harder and they're facing much better lineups, whether it's going to stay on even keel with what it's been, you know, lately or whether we're going to see a regression back to what we were seeing earlier in the season. And I mean, just think of how tough our schedule was to start the season. And that's where where we really struggled is when we got into that really thick, tough part of the, the schedule to open up. Um, and then obviously we had a once we got past that, it was an easier schedule. Obviously, we get hot, which is good because every single game matters. No matter who you play, you just go out there, do your job. Uh, but at Everything... the same time, sorry, I mean, it's getting tougher again. <laughs> it is. Everything in baseball regresses to the mean. So, like, Max is going to have a clunker. He gives up, like, eight runs in the like next week or so because that's baseball. So the question is, was how they're pitching in the beginning of the season, was that the regular for the Nats bullpen, or is how they pitch in lately the regular? Because whichever one is, that's the way things are going to go back to. Because that's how baseball works. Everything will always even out. That's why the Nats won this huge run. That's like when the Dodgers won like 40 or 46. They then lost like 10 straight games. Everything regresses to the mean in baseball. So now we'll find out 
is it the good one or is it the bad one? Yeah, it's a good point. It's one of the things I love about baseball, actually, is how it's such a long season. And, you know, like with football, there's 16 games and, you know, every, anything can happen on any given Sunday. And baseball is not like that. It, over the course of 162 games, the, the better teams win. And, uh, yeah. So I guess we will see what the mean is when they regress to it in this next stretch. All right. Let's talk some postseason predictions. So if the season ended today, um, what do you guys think would happen? So if the season ended today, um, it would be the Cubs and the Braves in the NLDS, and then the Dodgers would take on the winner of the Nationals Brewers, and then the American League, it would be the Twins Astros first. um, And then the Yankees would be taking on the winner of Tampa Bay, Cleveland, in the wild card. So, Nick, NL predictions. Sorry, you broke up. Say that again. Okay, so um, that break up for all of it or just one part of it? No, just the last part. Okay, so with the, everything it is, like the AL, we have Astros Twins, and then Yankees taking on the winner of Tampa Bay Cleveland. What is your NL uh, postseason prediction? Um, so, well, I do just want to say that I called uh, Brewers or the Nats traveling to Milwaukee for the wild card game, so I get points for that. Um, Ooh, so for, it would, would be have NBC if they ended so today. Well. <laughs> Wait, the Nats have the number one? Nats have yeah. the number one, yeah. They have one less loss than the Brewers. Uh, well, still, get points, uh, because well. it's those two. <laughs> so, um, though, honestly, the everything else is easy for me, except for this game. Uh, just because I want to go Nats, but history tells me not to. Um, so I think just because it's Max pitching and it's probably going to be like Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers, I'm going to say that the Nats pull it out, uh, but then they get swept by the Dodgers. So, and then it's Cubs and uh, Braves. This one's tough. Uh, I think the Braves are better than they were last year, and the Cubs are kind of faltering right now, and they don't really have uh, anything to lean on. Um, so I'm actually going to give it to the Braves as much as I hate to say it. Uh, I think the Braves are hot right now. Um, but then I have the Dodgers handling the Braves in, like, ease. I think it's the Dodgers' year. Again, to win the NL. Okay, so Dodgers yeah. coming out of the NL. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really gonna mix things up here. Um, so I, <laughs> Nats beating, Nats beating the Brewers in the wild card three two. Uh, Sean Dulo is gonna struggle in the ninth inning, but then shut the door down. Bases loaded, and then they're gonna go to LA and then you just get their teeth kicked in for three straight games. Uh, Braves will beat the Cubs in five, and then the Dodgers will do a gentleman sweep. Of the Braves, and they go to the NL, uh, to the World Series. Yeah, that's what wow, I. That's we are boring. Exactly what I think too. Mine's <laughs> very close to that. I think I think Washington beats Milwaukee, um, and loses to the Dodgers. Although I'm not going to give them a sweep. I'm going to say the Nats pull out one game at least in that series, but I don't think they win it. Um, Braves, I think, are better than the Cubs, so that's easy. But the Dodgers are better than the Braves, so Dodgers coming out of the NL. We're boring, but there you go. Can we talk about the Dodgers were the yeah. first team to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60 wins? <laughs> no. We they're they're so good. 
I mean, it, the fact that they – is it three straight World Series they've been to or just two? Uh, two. It's going to be three. It's yeah, going to be three later it, this year probably. But this one feels like the – like this one feels like the Dodgers World Series. Before, it felt like the Astros World Series and it felt like the Red Sox World Series. This one feels like the Dodgers World Series. Dude, they had five straight uh, walk-off victories. Like, <laughs> they totally yeah, lose. And, was that the the streak where they had like three rookies in a row, three different rookies had yeah. a walk off? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. All right. So all right. Nick AL. Um. All right. So we got Yankees against the. Uh, remind me of the wild card teams are Tampa, Tampa Bay, Cleveland. Oh wow! For some reason, I thought Boston was in the second spot. Um. All right. So I have Tampa beating Cleveland. Because uh, I Ooh. still think Cleveland sells at the deadline, because that's such a Cleveland thing to do. Um, so I don't think they are much of a threat. Um, so I have Tampa going on to New York. I have New York winning in four, um, and then it's Twins Astros. As great of a story as the Twins are, um, they don't have they have good pitching, but not comparable to the Astros and the Astros obviously have the experience. So the twins, um, Cinderella season ends short Astros Yankees. Again, I think this one goes seven. Um, I want to give it to the Astros, but something tells me that the Yankees are playing a different brand of baseball. So I'm going to go Yankees Dodgers for the MLB dream world series. Yeah, I think the All same right. thing, which uh, is the worst. I don't like the that it's like the most boring World Series in the world to me, but I think the Yankees are gonna be the ones to come out of it because they're just the way they played early with all those injuries tells you the depth that this team has. So I just don't think this yeah. is in the AL to begin with. Alright. So Cleveland will beat Tampa in the wildcard game because Blake <laughs> Snell is gonna start and Blake Snell has a five ERA and Corey Kluber is big game Klubot. Um, the Yankees do not have the pitching. No one is talking about it. their pitching sucks. Um, their rotation ranks like 20th and their bullpen is 19th. No one wants to talk about that issue. And they will, winning anyway. they will beat Cleveland. They will beat Cleveland, but they will go on against the team who's going to be the winners of the deadline, the Minnesota Twins. They will make the biggest splash. They will get Madison Bumgarner. And just to mix things up, because all three of us having the same World Series is boring. I got Dodgers, Twins, Dodgers, take it in six. Wow, you have the Twins beating the Astros? Amen. Mix it up, baby. It's all about mixing it up. Reality, it's going to be Yankees, Dodgers, but hey, let's just have some fun. (laughs) I I like this. Yeah, Yankees, Dodgers. Yeah, I guess like baseball's kind of been excluded, and then obviously football, you have the freaking Patriots every single year, but I I like the stretch we're on about with random teams finally winning uh, championships like Toronto and basketball, St. Louis and obviously Washington and hockey, and then even Philadelphia and football. Like I like just unexpected teams making it, but I guess the Yankees or the Dodgers haven't won in 10 years. So it's more bearable than like the Red Sox. The fun fact, Yankees are facing the most pressure in their franchise history. Because if they do not win a World Series this year, that is the first time they went an entire decade without winning a World Series. 
Yeah, Twitter keeps yeah. trying to tell me that the Yankees have 27 <laughs> World Series, but I don't know. <laughs> they have 26 know. rings and one pocket watch, so all of it sounds fake. Ah, so gotcha. who do you uh, who are you picking, Nick, to win with the Yankees Dodgers? Yeah, I'm going Dodgers. Some tells me that it's like normally it's not the best team in baseball who wins it all. It's the best team in October. Um, that's basically how the Giants won all of theirs. Um, they just got hot at the right time. I think the one exception was the Red Sox last year. They're the best team all year and won it. Um, but I, I think it's the Dodgers year. They just seem different, and you know they're not afraid to make the bull uh, the moves at the deadline to shore up the bullpen or anything like that. They're really freaking deep in their lineup. Um, guys go down all the time, and they don't even flinch. I'm pretty sure Corey Seager's still not even playing, and he's wouldn't healthy, arguably a top five shortstop in the all of baseball. Um, Cody Bellinger is probably going to be the MVP. It's it's just a scary, scary team, and uh, I think it's their year. Yeah, um, in the Yankees Dodgers World Series, mm-hmm. the Yankees Dodgers World Series, the real winner is MLB because you have yeah. New York and LA markets. Ka-ching! But yeah, yeah, agree. All the same page, and it none of that will go year. to the players. <laughs> none of that money will go to the players. <laughs> All right. Well, no, before we move on to the next. Bit. A little bit. Yeah, they get their little bonuses. I just want to point out that I just checked um, the game day app while we're talking here, and the Phillies are currently no-hitting the Mets. They're up 6 nothing. It's the bottom of the six. Keeping up with the Mets. Okay. There you go. We are, we are live <laughs> keeping up with the Mets. That's how good we are. <laughs> live. That's, yep, that's the kind of service you get around here. Okay, also before we move on, let me remind all of you lovely listeners that we're doing this for the DMV Sports Network. We're part of their library of podcasts. Um, that includes shows about all the major sports in the area, and there are two shows that cover multiple sports, which are the Dom and Thunder Show and It's About Time DC. So please be sure to check those out and subscribe, leave them reviews as well, and all that jazz. Okay, so jazz. let's move on and talk of jazz hands. Talk about the Home Run Derby. Yes. Which... So I love the Home Run Derby. Oh it's my like, God. Okay, it's being my there. Favorite has given me a newfound appreciation for the Home Run Derby oh because it's God. so much fun. <laughs> I was, love the Home Run Derby. In, oh, my God. I Like, I wanted to go again this year, even though it's in Cleveland. Like, I, I loved it that much. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome I, last year. We dropped a small fortune for those tickets, but my God, was it worth it not to catch a single ball? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there was a lot that were close to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a video right. of Ryan uh, dropping one. I didn't oh. drop it. It just didn't hit me. Um, I need the to see that... this video, and so does everyone on Twitter. So if that could please be taken out from the Hat Street High Heat account. It, the guy it was on TV. was like, hey, be careful, sir. I don't want you to fall. And I was like, shut up. I was trying to catch it. Yeah. Uh, cool story, been, bro. If I fell, if I fell, it would have been worth it if I caught it. But, you know, I hate my life, so that's a different story. All right. So we have a stacked home run derby. We have Christian Yelts versus Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Bregman, Peterson, Acuna, Bell, Pete Alonso, and Carlos Santana. Absolutely stacked. Who is your all's final matchup? Ooh, uh, I'll just go quickly round by round. Um, obviously, we don't know the second round matchups because it'll 
be oh it's a bracket right it's not yeah it's, it's a bracket it's, one eight four five okay okay um so i do have yelich beating vlad guerrero even though i think vlad's gonna put on a show um i i have yelich I wish winning. they hadn't put that um, in the first round i know i know <laughs> but it, it, it just because they go off of home run total so i get it but i wish we had anything else <laughs> Um, but yeah, I have, I have Yelich probably winning by one cause he, I assume he'll go second. So he'll probably just hit one more than, than Vlad. Vlad will probably put up like 14 or 15 or something. Um, all right. And then we have, uh, Jock versus who's Jock going up against? Uh, Bregman. Oh, uh, I think lefties have an advantage. Um, so I'm going Jock. Uh, lefties usually have an advantage in the home run derby or just hitting home runs in general. They're usually the more power hitters. Um, and then we have Acuna Bell. I'm going That's Bell. Be I think it, I, I, I honest, this isn't biased. I think Acuna hits less than 10. I, I don't think he does well at all. Um, and then we have Carlos Slamtana against Pete Alonso. Uh, Slamtana will have the hometown rooting for him but it's not quite to the level that obviously Bryce Harper had last year um and I think Pete Alonso puts on a show so I'm actually gonna go I don't know if it's considered an upset but I, I'm gonna call it an upset just because he has the hometown advantage I'm gonna go Pete Alonso um and then I have Yelich over Jock and um Bell over uh Pete Alonso and then final round Bell over Yelich. You heard it here first. Ooh. There's a couple people that just wipe that sweat off their forehead. If you know, you know. <laughs> All right. I've got Yelich over Guerrero. I've got Bregman over Peterson in the first round. Uh, Santana over Alonzo and Bell Ooh. over Acuna. And I just like the hometown, the hometown story. I, I don't, I don't see him going out in the first round. At least I hope not. It's too much. I, having just watched Bryce in the Derby here last year, it. it's too much fun for the crowd. I really, really hope that Santana stays in it at least in the second round. Yeah. Um, okay. No, then I've got Yelich over Bregman, and then I've got Bell over Santana, and then Yelich <laughs> over Bell in the final round. Oof. Uh, so basically, om- almost chalk. Almost Chuck. Aside from <laughs> Santana. Went what? Tall. Right, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. All right, all right. It, so there's no, no, nothing wrong with picking Yelich to win. He's a freaking machine. Yeah. So I we got thick, thick daddy Vlad Jr. is going to upset Christian Yelich. He's going to put on a <sighs> Titanic wow. of a show in the first round, and then Jock Peterson with that beautiful left-handed swing is going to take over. Alex Bregman, we saw it last year. Alex Bregman's swing is way too long to compete in the home run derby. I just made that up. Uh, Josh Bell is going to <laughs> blow out Ronald Acuna, even though he can't because he's going second, but he's going to hit a 490-foot home <laughs> run to left field. You heard it here first. And then Pete Alonso is going to beat Carlos Santana with his last swing. He will hit the longest home run of the derby. Second round, we got Pete Alonso and Josh Bell. That's going to be a fun one. But Pete Alonzo, the dude hits tanks. He's going to win that one. Thick Daddy, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to beat Peterson. And then we're just going to have a final round of people hitting 470-foot home runs the entire time. And Mike King himself, Vlad Jr., upsets Pete Alonzo. You heard it here first. All right. Jeez. 
Uh, well, to your Bregman point, I actually will give you some some nice uh, science to your to your uh, take. Bregman's much more of a line drive hitter. He hits much more. His launch angle isn't like what you would normally expect for home runs. It's much more of a line drive. In Cleveland, while it's not green monster like, they have a tall left field wall. So I feel like he's going to hit a lot of balls off the wall and not over the wall. Just saying. Okay, well that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like exactly and, if, what I and if Ryan never says the words "thick daddy" next to each other again on this podcast, that'd be okay too. Well, you're in luck because I'm going to be tweeting at the entire home run derby tomorrow. Thick daddy, thick daddy, <laughs> thick daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fantastic. So that'll be fun to watch. I actually I enjoy the home run derby way more than the All Star game. I have actually very little interest game's in the boring. game itself. Yeah, but the home run derbies, and it, I've always thought it was fun to watch. But after being there last year, I do as well have a much different appreciation for it. It was so much fun. It was probably in my list of top three moments I've ever personally witnessed in sports. Watching Harper. Win oh, easily, easily, amazing. That was so much fun. Yeah, it was unbelievable, and I'm glad at least before he left and it all went to crap that everybody got to have that moment and enjoy Harper's. Harper's, uh, <laughs> that's what, that's what made him even worse because everyone fell back in love with him. <laughs> yeah, right, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and all of his, all of his wearing the DC flag and I love DC so much. Uh, oh, whatever, whatever. We don't have to get it, get into it, but he wanted to stay and you can't change my mind. So Ooh, well, yes, well, I know. you're wrong, but we can't change your mind. So let's no, I'm not wrong. Um, but... We have. A new segment we're going to do, which I think seems lots of fun. Nick, you want to tell us about it? Finish this. So I'm going to say, uh, start a sentence and leave it open-ended. So I will not complete the sentence. So I will ask you guys, I'll participate on some, and you can take the sentence wherever your heart desires. It doesn't have to be just a one-word answer. You can go on and explain why you said what you said. Okay. So we'll start out with an easy one. This year, Max Scherzer will win blank. Oh, Amanda, would you like to go first? Sure. How about he will win both the Cy Young and the Daddy of the mm-hmm. Year Award for taking his older daughter to Cleveland this week so his wife can chill at home with their new baby. I thought you were going to say MVP. And I was like, oh, my God. I think you were going bold. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh. Hey, it could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't see a starting pitcher winning MVP. But if any starting pitcher would deserve it this year or any year, it would be this year's performance from Scherzer. It's too early. Right. And like DeGrom wasn't even a – DeGrom wasn't a finalist last year, right? For what? I think he came in MVP. I don't think Was he? I don't think so. He was was in the top five, I think. Yeah, I think he came in fifth. But DeGrom was having – Max is having an insane season. DeGrom had a better season last year, believe it or not, and he didn't come in top five. And when you have seasons like Cody Bellinger and uh, Christian Yelich are having, I mean, pitchers, when they do win MVP, it's in down years for position players. Not that they're undeserving, but it's just a different way of voting. But uh, Um, Ryan, go ahead. Max Scherzer will win the pitching triple crown that is leading all of baseball, not just the NL in wins, strikeouts, and ERA. The wins one is bold because only has nine right now, but hey, being bold is more fun. What's the Agreed. and I don't leader. think he'll lose more than three more this year. I don't think he'll have more than another two or three losses. 
this year. So no decisions, I, made, I, but I don't think he's going to lose I, more than three. Yeah. I know Woodruff has like 10 or 11. Gilito has he, 11. He's leading. Uh, what would Does it have to be for all of baseball, or can it just be the NL? Oh, that's all of baseball. The, okay. The pitching crown so, is all of baseball. So he's only two behind. <laughs> And I mean, the White Sox don't win very many games, so it is Max Scherzer. Yep, he uh, can do anything. I know uh, Amanda's just devastated. He's not starting the All Star game. <laughs> Actually, I like that I'm glad he's taking the day be... off. <laughs> hey, three hours after I said it. Actually, it wasn't even three hours. It was like an hour, and they announced it, and I was right. So suck it. Next question. <laughs> well, I was thinking about uh, that too. The fact that he uh, <laughs> that he pitched yesterday, I was like, "There's no way he could pitch in the game on Tuesday when he's pitching on Saturday." There's just I had a feeling that that's going to be yeah. Actually, all right. Yeah. Quick, quick follow up. How many wins do you think Max finishes with? How many nineteen he made so far? I'm going to go twenty. Nineteen. Even twenty. Yeah, so I, I think Max finishes with about uh, nineteen wins or so. But, uh oh, uh oh, breaking news, breaking, breaking news. moves. Christian Yelich has pulled out of the home run derby, therefore, Amanda is a loser because thick daddy Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just beat him. <laughs> is that how that wow. works? <laughs> yeah, Yelich was so scared of uh Vlad Jr. that he pulled out before it even started. Oh, yeah, Hate I'm sure he's it. terrified. I hope he's not <laughs> injured significantly and he just wants to rest. Yeah. Uh, but just I, obviously I had Josh Bell winning, but uh, I'll root for what everyone's rooting for and uh, have Thick Daddy uh, make it to the finals. We should stop thick. saying that. Thick <laughs> Daddy, Thick Daddy, Thick Daddy, Thick Daddy. All right. What is our next finish? This Thick. <laughs> oh wait, who who do you have winning, Amanda? You gotta you gotta pick somebody. Winning the home. Oh, okay. Um, I guess. I guess I'll go Guerrero. I think if there's, I think if he doesn't get knocked out Loser. by Yelich in the first round, then Guerrero is going to be the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have had, had him first. going way deeper into the competition if he weren't facing Yelich in the first round. So. Yeah, Thick yeah. Daddy he's goes gonna, where he's he wants. Definitely, <laughs> for God. <laughs> 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 All right, finish this. All right. <laughs> All right. Next one. Anthony, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Let me regroup. Anthony Rendon will blank. Resign he with the Nats. Will finish third in the MVP voting and be a Texas Ranger next year. Wow. I don't know which one I'd be more surprised with <laughs> the fact that he's top three MVP or the fact <laughs> that he's with Texas. Hey, man. He's Texas. They're opening up a new stadium, they need a big star. The guy who wishes he was Thick Daddy is going back home. Oh, you're just you're just gonna keep saying it because you know it. <laughs> <laughs> so how about so, you, Nick? What do you think is gonna happen with Rendon? Uh, I was gonna say, Anthony. Uh, well, now what I say, like I'm gonna say, it feels like. I was just gonna say he wasn't gonna be a gnat next year, <laughs> but it like doesn't really compare to what Ryan said. <laughs> so now I look like a fool. <laughs> so top scene. Um, yeah, <laughs> but wow, I don't, I don't think he's top three just because you have Yelich and Bellinger, without a doubt, um, in the right. MVP discussion. Uh, bar or like 
barring injury, of course. Um, and I think someone like Arenado squeaks into that third spot, or even like Freddie Freeman. Um, but I don't know. But I I definitely could see him going to Texas. It's just whether or not Texas is willing to spend the money um, to to get him. But all yeah, right. Well, I just I had kind of written off the idea of him resigning with the Nats, but then you saw this report yesterday after the game that that Boris and Ted Lerner were seen leaving the stadium together after the game. And uh, it seems like with those two in a room together somewhere that you're pretty far into the negotiating already. Like that's not the start of negotiations. So they're, they're just working on a straight uh, Eaton for Harper trade. That's all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I don't know. We'll see. And I saw another thing today that said something about Lerner with Rendon and had, you know, put his hand on his back. It just seems like there's some cordiality there that wasn't there until very recently. So I'm hopeful that they're going to get something done. Yeah. I mean, kind of off track here, but I think a lot of uh, players will trust Scott Boris to just handle it uh, because obviously Scott Boris is very good at his job, but it seems like Rendon has more uh, of a hand on the wheel um, with his free agency than other Boris clients have had. So we'll see. Um, all right. Next question. By season's end, the Nationals will blank. By season and the Washington Uh, Nationals. Hmm. I'll go first because mine is actually kind of on topic with uh, what we were just talking about. By season's end, the Nationals will regret not signing Anthony Rendon sooner. I think that's already happened. (laughs) I think they already regret that. That is mine. So, shh. By so, season's end, the Nationals will regret not selling at the deadline. That's a good one. Oh, so you think they're gonna they're gonna go down in flames and not make the postseason? Because I think the only way they regret not selling at the deadline is if they miss the postseason. Uh, oh, I, I disagree. I think if they have a er, if I think if they have an early exit or a poor showing in the playoffs, that could uh, still um, evoke some regret. Maybe from us, but probably not from the learner. <laughs> Learners have no clue um, what they're doing. I would say by season's end, the Nationals will exceed the luxury tax threshold Ooh. as buyers. All right. So another year where they don't spend enough to uh, in hopes to reset the luxury tax penalty. Right. So. It's just interesting. Of course, that that's harder to predict right now because it would be clearer in about three weeks when we're closer to the deadline. But I think that if they continue on this run they're on, they're going to buy at the deadline. And I don't know that they could buy anything worth having without – they're so tight against that right. threshold. And I plus, don't know if they could buy anything good without – Yeah, minor league salaries are going to kick in or like people we've signed and stuff like that. And a lot of players are going to hit their incentive bonus too. Right. So unless they can rework some contracts to – uh, like a signing bonus or I, I, I'm not going to pretend to be a cap expert, but uh, just rework some contracts. So it's less of a cap it and they can stay under. I don't see how they stay under if they do either. end up and buying. They've gone over, then why not just get some? Yeah. Go over. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. But, all right. Next one. Next year, Dave Martinez will be blank. Golfing. So you think he's gone? <clears throat> I do. Will be signing a two-year contract extension. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, 
this this stretch, even if the Nats like revert back to the first two months of the year for this next two months, uh, that this stretch has bought Davey uh, at least the next year on his contract. I just don't think Davey's but, been doing anything different. The team's been playing better, and they've been no. Healthy, I agree. But I'm not Davey saying he hasn't been any it. better than he was before. He I'm still makes inexplicable decisions that are. Terrible. I mean, he wasn't even on the hot seat when they're 19 and 31. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it like we've had poor postseason performances before, but I mean, this would if we do make the postseason, this would be his first postseason uh, taste, obviously. So um, I, I think it would be in the learner's eyes, at least, too soon to judge him off of one postseason experience because they just tolerate mediocrity far too long. Yeah. All right. Even last one. It. Yeah, I know. Okay. Last one. And hopefully this one uh, is juicy and very contentious. Ryan Zimmerman <laughs> deserves to blank. Sit out every single game until the third to last game of the year and then play third base and ride off in the sunset. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I think he deserves to retire a hero and Nationals legend that he is and then come back to the team in some capacity in the front office or as a, you know, consultant or, I don't know, some way to be involved with the team because he is the face of the franchise and we have all loved him through his career, but he does not need to be an everyday player on this team or a player at all on this team after this year. All right. Mine is going to be Ryan Zimmerman deserves to be the first player in the Nats Ring of Honor, and therefore should have everyone else's name removed. <laughs> I like it. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Let's move on and talk about, um, it seems like everybody enjoyed, um, among the listeners and the Twitter um, people, the segment we did a couple of weeks ago about food at Nats Park. So we're going to do a new top ranking there. We're going to do top three from each of us on where to sit at Nats Park when you go to a game. So, uh, Nick, you want to go first? Yep. And the way I'm doing this is obviously, I mean, just a short consensus. Obviously, people are going to probably pick behind home plate because of the rarity you get to sit there. But that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like places you'll sit like frequently or at least look to sit when you go. Um, so for me, quick top three. Number three, um, I have this thing with being higher up but first row just because I like the view. Um, and when my grandparents had season tickets when I was growing up, they had it in the Stars and Stripes Club, which is third baseline uh, 200 level, and they had row A. Um, so that's uh, – I don't know if it's called the Stars and Stripes Club now. I haven't sat there in a while. But um, like 205, something like that, third baseline, row A, just – I don't know. Maybe it's just a nostalgia pick for me, but I love it. Uh, number two, sort of a seat, sort of not as a seat, but again, it's for the view, the Bud Light Loft um, that's in left center field. It's way back, but man, you have a bar right there. You have a great barbecue place. Um, you can just, it's more like countertop, so you can just stand and chill, relax. When it's hot, they have the little mist fans going, which is like a big win for me. Love them. Love them. Um, but my number one, I will always, always, always check to see if these seats are open. I can tell you the exact seats. Um, it's where Ryan and I sat the home run derby. Uh, 238, row A, seats one and two. Aisle seat, 
tall guy, need the leg room. But man, it's uh, right by the right field foul pole, right above the the Nats bullpen. You can't really see anything unless you look over. But it's just my favorite seat in the entire ballpark. I will sit there every single chance I get. All right. Love it. How about you, Ryan? So I spend most of the days because my friend's mom has season tickets. So usually in the club in the 200s, you know, 2.8, 2.9, 2.10. Small brag. I like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like I like sitting there. It's right behind the visitors' dugout. You're right up aligned with the dugout, pretty close home plate from there, and looking straight at the scoreboard. You know, you don't have to strain your neck trying to see all the high action scoring. You know, keep count. I like being there, and also the AC is in there. Love me True. some AC. Um, I like sitting down the lines. Also, like one thirty two or one thirteen. You're like just past where Nats Park has like these stupid high prices because you're like really close to the dugout. Even though you're still close to the dugout, being in like the middle of the section, you're down the line, you can see everything really well. You're still close to the seat, so it looks good if you want to put an answer uh, to the field, if you want to put up an Instagram story. All for the um, gram. It's all about the gram, baby. And then you also, you're in, you're in a good spot. Um, and then I, only other place I really sit, it's like next side, 237, 238, front row, you're above the bullpen. You look down in there, uh, you're by right field. It's easy to get players' attention to throw you a ball or if you want to heckle them, which, you know, I've never done before in my life. I've never done such a thing. <laughs> um, and, yeah, those are my big three. All right. I love it. So I've got uh, my number three for me is I really like the sections 103 to 105 in the outfield. You just walk in the center field gate and they're right in front of you. And yeah, that's true. That's a good call. And you get lots and you of have a CU Tater right behind you. Yeah, and there's a lot of concessions right there. It's just very convenient. The team store is there if you feel like shopping. There's bathrooms close, and it's just an easy in and out. So that's where I go a lot of times for games if I don't have season ticket, if I'm not using my season ticket, which are my next pick, which are Section 136. Um, I really love that spot there. You're down the first baseline. Yeah, that's a good spot. And we've got um, row Y seats one and two. So we're on the aisle, and I am not tall. My husband is though, so I'm five foot two. So I always get the inside, the inside one. But so um, Amanda just, just gave her season ticket info out, so everyone can go sit in those seats and cause yeah, as much can... inconvenience as possible. Exactly. Come say hi to me when I'm at the game. <laughs> so anyway, I love that section. It's my favorite. Um, then um, the other one I really like though is sometimes we'll get them in 137 because you're right up against the bullpen, and if you get the right seat numbers, and I can never remember what they are because they're not. One and two are on the aisle, but then you're – I can never remember because they like don't go all the way to the beginning or the like end. It's like 17 and 18. Yeah, something right, like Right, but you're on the edge where you're looking down right. into the bullpen, and they'll throw balls up there all the time, and that's a really cool spot too. And then just an mm-hmm. honorable mention for me is I went to the game yesterday, and for those of you who were there, it was meltingly hot yesterday. So we went up to the Coca-Cola lounge before the game started just to get out of the sun for a while, and we got one of those four little seats right there, four little tables with a couple of stools. And we grabbed one of those and decided to just stay there the entire game. So it was shady, and the breeze was coming through, and there was beer five steps away. And uh, that place is a pretty nice spot. Uh, it's three beer. steps too many for me for beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, there's yeah. lots of great spots in that ballpark. But Honorable mention for me, uh, just because you uh, reminded me of it. Uh, when Ryan and I went to game one of the Cub series uh, last time, uh, 2017, uh, we sat in like 109 or 110 um really close to the field uh i i agree it's the same thing i just the obviously the inverse of like 
your 136, 137 pick just on the other side. But somewhere, it's something about being like in the down the foul line, uh, close to the corner. You just feel so close to the field because, I mean, you are. Um, I don't know how much that'll be impacted by them expanding the netting. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, um, we'll but have to see. Cause definite, be in front of, in right, front of definite honorable yeah. mention as it stands. Yeah. And I like any place you can see. There's one thing I would tell people if you're going to Nats Park and you don't go a lot is make sure your seats are that the big board is visible. I hate sitting in yeah. places where I can't see the big board. And there are lots of seats. You'll find them cheap. And you're like, oh, this is a great price. That's why. It's because you can't see the board. And, uh, you know, you just miss so much. You, you don't get all right. the numbers and From you can't like, see the replays. And... Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see it down the right field line if you're, like, in one of those seats. But really from, like, Section 130, 131 is right by first base. That over to the left uh, is usually the safe space to be able to see the board. Yep. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's go on to everybody's favorite thing this every week is the Twitter questions and worst tweet of the week. So um, Twitter questions we've got at district of Corb says, what is the contract you expect Rendon to get? And he said, oh, if indeed he does resign, but I would actually say, let's expand that. What do you expect him to get period? Whether it's from the Nats or somebody else. He is um, not getting Arenado's contract. At most. Right. And what were the numbers is, on that to remind all the listeners? It was eight year, uh, eight years, 260 million. And that was not free agency. That was just an extension, obviously. Yeah. 60 by eight is 32.5. <laughs> yeah. He, most, he's not getting, he's not getting 30 a year. The most Rendon would get would be eight years, 200. And if it's with the Nats, it'll be extremely deferred. Um, him and Boris can look for Arenado money, but they're not going to get close to it. But eight you years, think he's not going to get that's twenty five. You don't think he's getting more than twenty five? No, he's thirty right. years old, has a long injury yeah. history, and he can't play every single day. Like he wants days off during the week. And he's also not marketable, which owners really don't like. Yeah. yeah, and that's not a knock against him. Like Mike Trout's not really that marketable either. No, he's just like going to be a top five player of all time. <laughs> yeah. So a difference, but like, it's not a knock against Anthony Rendo not being marketable. Um, but yeah, I think 25 is like probably the top. And I, I don't even know if we see that. I can see somewhere. And I don't think he gets eight years either. We're not yeah, really seeing. Yeah, I don't think so either. Machado and uh, Harper and even Corbin to an extent are kind of exceptions just because obviously Machado and Harper were so young when they hit free agency that they were an exception and Corbin being a dominant lefty hitting the open market. I mean, that's kind of an exception as well. Um, for a third baseman, a lot of teams kind of already have third baseman or third baseman of the future or like a lot of money tied up in third base. Um, so I don't think Rendon really has that many teams interested in him. Well, I, they're going to be interested, but like there's not going to be, open suitors that are looking to add just Rendon and then they're like completely set for a world series run. Um, so I don't think it's not like 20 teams are going to be bidding on Rendon. Um, but I can, I can see something in like the six year. I can do math. Give me one second. Six year, like 160 million. Yeah, what does that work out to? What's the by year number? You said six, so twenty six a year, twenty six. Yeah, it'll yeah, be see, a I was higher. Say, 
27 yeah. and a half for five. That's kind of my feeling. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get a longer term. I think he is 30. He's got an injury history. I think five years is what he's going to get. Right. And I'm thinking 27, 27 and a half by five. Right. The, sh- the shorter the, the years, the higher the uh, AAV will be. But if it's a longer contract, it won't be uh, 23 or 24. It'll be like 20. So it depends if he wants to the, the length or if he just wants the, the payday. So you think, what we say, 25 for eight years from Ryan? You think 26, 26 for, six. for six, and I think 27 for five. Yep. So we'll see. We will see. Hopefully it's from the mats. All right. Yeah, Next you, you one keep is, hoping. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping. Probably hoping uh, futilely, but we'll see what happens. Um, at Nathan Britton says, with the deadline coming up, do you guys want or see – who do you guys want or see being brought in? And do we have to give up anything massive? Put the top 10 relievers that are available at the deadline in the hat. Close your eyes, pick two names, and that's who the Nats should get. I don't think we get Shane Green uh, because he's under control for 2020 as well. And I don't think we get Will Smith because I think we won't be able to outbid some of the teams with a better uh, ability to buy. Um, so I, my prediction would be like Alex Colome. I've said his name before from the White Sox. I don't see Kelvin. Her- I mean, Kelvin Herrera probably will get dealt, but I don't see him coming back to the Nats. Um, so Alex Colome is my pick. We're not really going to have to give up much for him. Um, probably two, three, no name prospects that maybe will hit triple a, uh, as their ceiling, um, but it'll be a very meh uh, buy. Yeah. What if they go on a run? Like, what if they go on a run here where they're, you know, within a game or two of the Braves and there's a serious chance that they might. I mean, doesn't change the they fact that the we don't really. the 27th ranked farm system. Yeah, literally exactly what I was about to say. doesn't change the fact that they have, they have nothing to buy with. Uh, I mean, if yeah. they go on a serious run and, like, maybe catch Atlanta like by the deadline, um, then maybe you see like Joe Ross and prospects like packaged for a deal for someone. Yeah, he's but the one I expect it, them to deal. I think he's going to be the key yeah. piece of any, if they do any significant trade at the deadline, I think Joe Ross is going to be part of it. Yeah. So we'll see, and but I think if it, Betty yeah, if, if we're, if other. we're still like sick, five, six teams back of the Braves, I think it's just like minor additions. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about at National Post says, why is Nat's Twitter so sensitive? I don't know why you would would know this. (laughs) There's a lot of sensitive people in the world, especially on Twitter. I don't know that it's uh, just the Nats. If you look at British soccer um, Twitter, they're pretty sensitive too. So. I mean, there's certain uh, people on Nat's Twitter that are uh, more sensitive than others. If uh, you guys know who I'm talking about. All right. Let's talk about at Kuznetsov says, I don't think it's actually him, but it would be cool if it were. Uh, what's been Para's bigger impact, his clutch hits or the fun and looseness he brings to the team? Fun and looseness because his numbers yeah, on the field are terrible. Yeah, it's 100%. 100%. He's been fine, you know, just as a, he's just a guy. He's a jag that they picked up off a scrap heap, and that's cool. But the the impact he's really brought has been in the clubhouse. It seems like Soto and Robles love that guy. Um, he's, he's been a big, um, impact on them, I think. And it's true. Everything just, they seem like they're having fun. They seem like they're enjoying themselves. They're loose. They're relaxed. 
you know, it makes, I think when everybody's tight and everybody's, everybody's upset because they're losing, it, it makes for probably a pretty crappy clubhouse feeling. And it seems like the, whether Para or just winning has had a bigger impact, but Para has definitely been a part of that. Yep. Agreed. All right. At Please Win DC, who, by the way, is one of my co-hosts on the DC Power Play podcast. You guys should check out. Sabir, he says, who should get no the lion's ads. share? At... <laughs> he should get the <laughs> lion's share at first base. Zim, Howie, or Adam? Howie. Yep. Yeah, I think Howie, too, yeah. if just by baseball. But I wonder if he got the lion's share if he'd stay healthy. I mean, lion's know. share can be like two out of three days. Earth games, I mean. Yeah. And how much so. would you guys be playing Zim if you if you were in charge? Well, uh, <laughs> he can DH. Would he be a bench bat only, or would you guys ever start him at first, or would you just? He have would Howie be a bench bat. Howie and, uh, he would be my starting first bat off the bench. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just curious. All right. Uh, at SimAlex82. This one we talked about before we started recording. This is a great question. Who would you rather extend? Soto or Trey and Robles and why? This is a phenomenal question. This might be the best question we've ever gotten. Wow. Golf clap. Very nice. Alex. Uh, it's tough because like you – you want to say Soto because he's been consistent and he's doing what he did last year, except just a little bit better, which isn't like a bad thing. And he's only 20 years old. Um, oh, actually, he's 37 years old. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's hard to choose him over Trey and Robles. <laughs> like, I, luckily, I, we don't actually have to choose because they could extend them both. But we do because he asked us, so we 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 can't <laughs> just go the Amanda route and not give it a straight answer. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to say Soto because he's the only one who's shown that he can be consistent. And yeah, he's not giving you anything at defense, but I would have to think, as bad as he is defensively at left field, he can be just like. A push at first base as well. So, I mean, we can move him to first and get a better left fielder. Um, I'm going Soto because Francisco Lindor is a free agent after in the next year. And he's also <laughs> the starting Nationals. Sorry, Nationals starting shortstop then. So, boom. There's your answer. Lindor and Soto. There you go. I'm going to go Soto too, although this is a very difficult choice because I love Trey. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Trey and when Trey is on fire, he's amazing. But he's not always on fire. I think Soto is so young. He's got such a, I mean, he's, he, what he's doing is historic for a player his age. And he's showing no signs of, of slowing down. He had a little adjustment period this, the beginning of this year, I think, where the league had made some adjustments to him. But he's shown that he can, he can handle that. And uh, I love Robles too. But if, you know, basically to me, you can replace a shortstop. And if you're looking at two outfielders in Robles and Soto, I, I'd have to go with Soto. I, Robles is going to be a great major leaguer, but Soto, I think, is going to be Soto's going to be something really, really special, and I want him to be a Nat for a long, long time. I'm not. Uh, uh, we don't have enough time to get into this, but I'm just going to say I'm not convinced Soto will, or not Soto, Robles will be all that Same. still. But 
I mean, okay, well, we that's a great topic that maybe for next week because I would like to. Yeah. That topic. All right. And yeah. our worst tweet of the week, drum roll, please. <laughs> All right. This one is good. A lot of you probably already saw this on Twitter because it was roundly uh, passed around and criticized at the time. At Tillette Tim says, hashtag naps. If Victor Robles and Soto can't stop making mistakes, we need to bring up some new talent. Show these guys if you aren't going to perform, you will be replaced. Maybe these dumb mistakes will stop. And what do people have against punctuation? My lord. Um, well, two things. One, it's Twitter. Also, second thing, um, he kind of has a point because I saw Mike Trout make an error the other day. And I think if Mike Trout got sent down to learn from his mistakes, he might be a somebody in this league. So this guy is 100% onto something. Yeah, I, I don't even know who Mike Trout is, so <laughs> exactly. I can't, I can't he made even disagree error. with you. Yeah, I can't even disagree with you. He made an error. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, may, maybe if he got sent down and learned from his mistakes, I'd actually know who he was. Maybe think about and what he would he's actually. Done. Yeah, he would actually like make a mark on this league and set some uh, contract, uh, de- or, like <laughs> records, but. Yeah. No, this is so bad, and I don't even think we need to explain it because this Yeah, is and I terrible. will just say my whole thing is one thing. It has been very frustrating this year to see some of the defensive mistakes from both of those guys. The base running mistakes have been awful at times. However, these guys got called up way too young. They did. I mean, we they needed players. They brought these guys up when they weren't Keep really ready well. defensively. Mm-hmm. Keep them exactly was a great example. but And they weren't ready defensively, but their bats were ready, and the team needed them, so they called them up. So what we are watching is what should and usually does happen in the minor leagues is working out these kinks. And they're doing it yeah. on the fly at the major league level. So the idea that they should yeah. be sent down for what? What do you think we have in our minor league? This guy's such a boomer. Soto. <laughs> <laughs> we have a boomer alert. Wow. Oh, so much <laughs> generational slander on this podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, Davey's not even playing our best center fielder. Like, Trey Turner is healthy again. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think that's going to do it for us. You guys got anything else? I got nope. Nothing. I left All it right. all on the well. field. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys, as always, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please be sure uh, to subscribe. 20 weeks in, and that's the first time we used that joke. <laughs> wow. I'm actually surprised. I'm sure now we'll do it. We'll do it a lot more. Every um, week. Please Thanks, subscribe Daddy. wherever you get your podcast <laughs> and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Again, you can find me on Twitter at AWhite7877, and you can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak, and you can DC find Thick DC Thick Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? By the time this this thing has aired, someone will have made that that uh, Twitter account. Fact, you guys should do it now before it airs, so you've got it. We'll Done. do the S with a dollar sign. It'll be fine. Nice, <laughs> strong, strong and classy. I like it. So uh, please also don't forget to check out the DMVSportsNetwork.com. You can get lots of uh, daily content there. And uh, if you want to join the team, they're always looking for both writers and podcasters. So you can reach out to them on Twitter or on the website. You guys have a good week. Later. Give me the bridge now.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.